sometimes you have to do a look at those consequences or that consequence is the results. Like maybe, you know, you have a late night, guess what, you still have to show up to work the next day sometimes. You can't always take a day off. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes maybe you go on a trip or you, you know, people watch the Super Bowl, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and now they have, they have to wake up and show up to work the next day. Even though a lot of people think that like, the next day should be like a national holiday, but it's, it's the choices you make, and you have the choice to make as you mature and you get those jobs and get those opportunities. You know what, I'm gonna do this with my Sunday, or Sunday night, and I'm not gonna show up to work or school the next day because I, I gotta take care of some things. At some point, it's your, it's your choices, it's your choices. It's ironic, we're gonna talk about some choices today. Today, we're gonna talk about one of the EQ factors, and that is decision making. High EQ people know how to make decisions. High EQ people know how to make decisions, can make decisions effectively. Low EQ people struggle with decision making and then just making the right decision for them in their, in their, in their situation. So maybe I'm 100% certain that I'm 0% sure of what I'm gonna do. Maybe that's you sometimes. I'm 100% sure I'm 0% sure. Uh, but moving forward, we wanna be able to make, help you make decisions that are easier uh, to make and better for you to make uh, in, in your life. So, big, big, big guy in our world that created a lot of what we have, his name was Henry Ford. You might know of him, okay? He created the, the Model T. But back in 1914, he started the assembly line and creating the Model T um, out of Highland Park, Michigan, right up the outskirts of Detroit. It's about 35 minutes from where I grew up, um, Highland Park, Michigan, and he was, the big time inventor of the car. That was his big thing. But in 1914, he made the great decision of doubling his workers' wages. Doubling. You don't hear that often, or at all. You don't hear anybody saying, or a boss will rarely ever come up to somebody and say, hey, I'm gonna double your salary for doing the same job. That's unheard of. He went and said, I'm gonna double every, not just some, by the way, but every single employee's wages, I'm gonna double them. And he was doing this for a couple reasons. Uh, because in that time, he had started the assembly line, his production had gone uh, crazy, skyrocketing through the roof. Uh, but the problem was he was dealing with a lot of employee turnover, meaning there was a lot of employees coming in and out, leaving all the time. And he was, why is that? He was trying to figure out why, you know, this, his company, if he wanted to take it to where he wanted to take it, he needed workers, and if they were leaving all the time, that was gonna be a big problem. Um, and he couldn't just keep doing what he was doing. That, that was gonna not work. Eventually, if you just you know, say, I'm gonna do it because this is how we've always done it, you're gonna run yourself into the ground. You run your business into the ground. So what he did is he looked at, he said, why are people doing this? Well, people are leaving because they didn't like necessarily the assembly line because when you work eight, nine, 10 hours a day and you're doing like the exact same thing all the time, you know, that, that can get kind of boring. Uh, so workers are saying, I can't do this every day. I can't do this five, six days a week and do the same little job over and over and over and over again. They're also getting tired of the wages a little bit. They're also feeling, well, they're bringing more and more people in because of the production's going up. Well, I'm just becoming one person in, in the grand scheme of things. And so I don't know if I really matter. You know, I don't know if I matter in Henry Ford's eyes. I'm just one of his people, his workers. And so he came out with this press release with three decisions, three key decisions that showed how much of, how high EQ he had. So the first decision was, I'm gonna change the work hours from nine to eight. He lowered, he lowered his employees' work hours from nine hours to eight hours in a day. 
good thing. That's kind of how we have the eight-hour workdays now, um, in part because of his decision. Uh, but he decided, I'm going to take an hour off of what my employees have to make. They'll probably like that. They did. The second decision he was going to make was he was going to add a third shift. So right then, in 1914, they had two shifts working the assembly line, just two. But he was going to add a third shift, which would mean he could have more guys coming in, which would create more job opportunities. His production would go up because he was running an assembly line literally 24-7 then. Uh, so there was like no time off. Uh, so he's churning out cars like nobody's business. And then his employees will feel like, you know what, I can own that third shift. If I work on the third shift, you know, some people don't like it. I get it. I have some friends who work third shift and they, it's hard for them. But they can be like, hey, that's my shift. Like, I'm, I'm a leader in that third shift. I'm not just one of these people coming in for first or second shift and I'm one of many. Um, so he increased his, his attitude with his employees and more jobs he put out there. And then the third change he made, the third decision was the doubling of the salaries, the wages, to $5. Increased the five to $5. At that time, 1914, that's pretty comparable uh, to a decent wage today. I don't have the conversion for you, but increased it to $5. And what he found was productivity went up 40 to 70%. They increased their production uh, cr like crazy. He became a billionaire. Okay, and, and that's crazy to think of. Um, he increased his company's worth all because of a few decisions he made and took the time to think over because he was high EQ. Okay, he actually even was able to lower the price of the car. Uh, the Model T originally cost 800, he lowered it to $350. You can get your own car for 350. Again, time and date, that's still a lot of money had but he was able to do a lot of great things because he was able to change and he had a quote uh, that he was asked about doing this and he said I want to make sure my people are content and they're happy I want to do what I need to do for them and his decision could have saved his business because who knows how, what would happen if you know if they would have just tried to do the same old same old he would have ran out of workers great decision maker great decision maker our decisions are also triggered by a lot of things, right? Like your, your decision to probably put on a jacket or coat, something warm today, was triggered by you walking outside and seeing snow. Like that triggered your decision. You have many things in life that trigger our decisions. Sometimes we make them just because we know that's the right thing, uh, but a lot of times we make our decisions because we're triggered. You go to the cafeteria today, you're gonna choose your food based on what triggers you to feel happy and satisfied. Okay, so your triggering process goes through um, a lot in our brain, and it starts in our brain. So they did a study uh, where they asked people, and they brought a bunch of people together, asked people, hey, you're going to give an impromptu speech here in the next five, ten minutes. Now, anytime, if I told you that, if I said, hey, you're going to give a speech, we're going to go down the auditorium, we got a big pep assembly, you're going to give a speech here in the next five, ten minutes, you would get a little anxious, no matter who you are, whether you like public speaking or not, you're going to get a little anxious if I just spring that on you, okay? And so that's what they did to these people, they kind of spring it out, hey, you're going to go out and make this big impromptu speech here in just five, ten minutes, just, you know, hold on, come up with something in five, ten minutes, and we're going to go out there and you're going to get it. After a few minutes of them getting really anxious, they hit them with this decision, they said, hey, do you want to sign up for a flu clinic, get a flu shot, something you kind of need, like you need to get a flu shot to make sure you are vaccinated from the, the flu disease and you aren't, you know, gonna susceptible to flus and all the dangers that come with that. Um, so they, they asked them, hey, do you want to get a flu shot? Do you want to go sign up for this flu clinic opportunity to, to get your, your, get your vaccination? Some people struggled with that decision. 
because they were so caught up with this, the, the fact that they were going to have to give an impromptu speech in the next five or ten minutes. Seven percent of low EQ people decided they were going to do the flu thing, which meant 93 percent of people who were considered to be low EQ had no capability of making a decision about their health while also thinking about this crazy speech they were going to have to make in the next five to ten minutes. 66 of high EQ people were able to sign up for the flu clinic. Doesn't mean everyone, but 66% of high EQ people said, all right, I can make this decision. Which goes to show that high EQ people can separate. They, they can distinguish one thing from the other. Uh, those high EQ people can say, all right, I know I gotta get ready for the speech I'm, I'm supposed to give, but I also know giving a flu shot is gonna be important for my health. So they could separate those decisions. Low EQ people, all those decisions were just being thrown on a blender. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I gotta come up with a speech and oh my gosh, should I sign up for this flu clinic? I don't know. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. So your EQ factors in EQ factors in how you make decisions. Are you able to separate them out from each other? Okay. So decision making, I'll ask yourself this question. Are you a strong decision maker? Do you ever ask yourself that? Am I a good decision maker? Am I a strong decision maker? Am I forced into making decisions? Making me a weak decision maker? Or do I make decisions on impulse? Ask you, have you ever asked yourself or thought about that? I encourage you to, to do that, to think about that. Because decisions are gonna be coming in your future. Decisions make you who you are. So the emotional decision is a lot of times what we go off of. We make decisions based off emotions. And sometimes it's good. You know, if you, you make an emotional decision, hey, I want to pursue this. I'm going to do this today because I know it's better, beneficial for me or a family. Um, so sometimes it can be good. It can also be bad. We can also make too many emotional decisions that lead us down a bad road, that leave us short um, with some things in life. we got to be careful of that. We have to be careful of that. Reaction to our current situations often is often what we make decisions on. I want to get out of my, my current job. I want to get out of my relationship. I want to get out of the city. I want to get out of where I'm at. And so we emotionally just make decisions that we think will be good for us in the here and now, but we don't think about the next year, the next two years, or down the road. So be careful. I'm not saying emotional decisions are bad, but we have to be careful on how we filter them in our brain, in our own processing way. And I'm not here to tell you how to make your decisions, because you're ultimately going to have to do it. No one's going to be holding your hand saying, this is what you need to do. Choose this option. Choose that option. It's going to be on you. And so you need to be ready for those decisions and how you will make it. Okay. The second thing, your EQ helps your situations because uh, there's, there's situations because uh, there's, there's a, an action to it. So there's no inaction, meaning that uh, well, I hate when people decide to not make a decision. Because not making a decision is a decision. When you're like, well, what do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like that, that you're making a decision. And ultimately, if you say if you don't make a decision, someone will make a decision for you in life. Someone will say, this is what you're gonna do then. But I don't like that. Well, you didn't decide, so this is what you're gonna do. You didn't, you didn't communicate with me. You didn't tell me what you needed. And so I'm gonna make the decision for you. So don't let that be you. High EQ people make their actions, make their decisions. Low EQ don't. And then somebody ultimately makes a decision for them. And I guarantee you won't like the decision somebody makes for you if you give up that right. Sounds like dealing with toddlers. A little bit, yeah. Because toddlers, yeah, they don't they don't take action on their decisions, and then when you tell them, well, no, you can't eat this, you can't play now, they get mad. But they didn't make a decision. You need to make a decision. So eliminate the inaction, okay? Because no decision is a decision. 
No decision is a decision. It, based on your values a little bit, you, you always need to make decisions based on what you value in life. Okay, think about that. It removes the bad emotions. So if you make decision, decisions with high EQ, you remove the bad and negative emotions that can stir up a bad and negative decision. The next thing you gotta look at is people who are emotionally intelligent don't remove all emotions from their decision making. They remove emotions that have nothing to do with the decisions. So that's super, super important. When you're making decisions, use emotions that are necessary for the decision you're gonna make. Use it for the necessary decision you're gonna make. Okay, uh, upping your EQ, you gotta sleep, you gotta eat. You gotta sleep, you gotta eat. If you, if you are hydrated, if you are nourished, your, your body's gotta process things. If you are nourished, your, your body's gotta process things better off. When you're hungry, it's, it's like walking into a store. You ever walk into a grocery store when you're hungry? Not a good decision, not a good decision, because you will butt impulse buy the first three things that you see. You'll just, I, I, want, I want that, I want that, I want that. I'm never going to eat all that, really, but you just buy it. Uh, or you buy the wrong foods, the foods that aren't good for you. Uh, so be careful of that. Establish reflection time. When you're making decisions, sometimes you got to make them on the spot. Sometimes you got to make them quickly. I get that. But uh, give yourself some reflection time. And, you know, I just need to go off and think alone for five minutes. I need to, to go to that spot I like to, to, to get me out of my head a little bit so I can reflect a little bit better. Maybe I need to write things down. Maybe I need to make that phone call to, to that person I trust. Establish some reflection time when making decisions and that can help you down the road. And then third, know thy values. If you're gonna up, you're up your EQ, know what you value. Thy sounds very distinguished, so I use thy rather than your values. So know thy values. Um, but make sure you, you know what they are. Know what, know what you have, know what you value. Uh, I'm gonna show you a clip here for a second from Seinfeld, okay? a little longer, but it, it shows the point of making decisions. I don't encourage you to make decisions this way, okay, on impulse. Interesting. Now, I don't suggest that you make that way, to, that decision-making method your method, uh, going against every urge you have, like whatever you think of it, the opposite. But, <laughs> but it, it goes to show how decision-making can, can be made, and sometimes we, we are so, we can't make a decision. Like he was always used to doing what was comfortable or just he never thought about it too much and so he would always lived this life of the same old, same old. Well, in order to make some change happen, uh, for order him to have some production, in order for you to have some production and growth, you gotta make some good decisions. One group I always look to is our military. I always look at them. They have to make decisions, they have to change, and they have to adapt, they have to have high EQ, they have to. Um, and so before I kind of touch on a quick story, I figured I want to show you. We'll, we'll just watch a clip to remind us of why they do what they do. Think about it. They can't have low EQ people in the military. We 
can't, you wouldn't want somebody with a low EQ who can't make decisions, who can't control their emotions, being the ones who are defending our country. You wouldn't want that. And so it's a good example that they have. Now, uh, a guy named Jay Billis, he's a college basketball analyst, he went over on a, like an ambassador tour to the Middle East. You know, they, they do these tours. Um, and as he's walking in, he sees this big sign of adapt and overcome heading into their, the camp he was going into. And that's what they promote. Like we have signs of, hey, this is what, what our culture is. This is what we have. Their culture was, hey, we got to adapt and overcome. We, we promote high EQ, essentially. Okay? And so this improvised adapt and overcome strategy is something they take on in their life. High EQ people can improvise when they need to. They can, they can be flexible, as we're gonna talk about in a second. They can adapt to situations, to people, to decisions that come across their life. They, they are able to do those things. And then finally, high EQ people can overcome anything. They really can. Any obstacle in their way, they will find a way to overcome it. Um, sometimes they will fall first, they will fail a few times, but they will work to overcome it. And so Jay Billis figured this out when he went over there and, um, they have a flag system at the, all the base camps in the Middle East, okay? Um, it's pretty hot there. Sometimes it gets between 120, 130 degrees out. It's pretty hot in the Middle East, okay? Wish we had some of that here, you know? But what they had is they have a flag system. So based on the color of flag that was posted was how long that the people on the camp had to work and how long they had to rest for, okay? So if, the, if it was very mild temperatures out, they could work. Uh, pretty continuously without taking a lot of rest. As the temperature increased though, however, they had to focus on more rest because they were just gonna, you know, go to exhaustion. So the black flag was the, 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 the most extreme conditions. That means it's really hot out, it's really terrible out. And that meant they had to work for 10 minutes and they had to rest for 50 minutes for every hour. Work for 10, rest for 50. That, that's how extreme it was. And Jay Bills was walking around and he was in this rest area and he saw still a number of people working. He goes, why is that? Why are they still working? Like, aren't they supposed to be on a 10, 10 minute work period and then a 15 minute rest period? And the guy goes, well, you see our, our teammates, our coworkers, our peers, our, we have men and women right now who are in situations across the Middle East who don't get a break off. They don't get 50 minutes off. They don't get to do 10 to 50. They don't get to hit the pause button while they're in, on their mission uh, to say, hey, let's hold up here. Let me, let, me, let me take a pause break. Let me rest a little bit and get inside the heat, and, you know, get inside the warmer, cooler area, wherever the situation might be. They don't get to do that. So why should we? So that's their mentality over there. We're going to be so uh, overcoming anything that's in our way, we're going to just work through it. We're going to push through it. And so that's what they did. He said, our job is to make mission. And so while everyone else should, should be probably be resting for 50 minutes, we're not. We're going to push through it. We're going to adapt and overcome. That's high EQ. It really is. Uh, the other EQ factor you look at is if you want something you've never had, you've got to be willing to do something you've never had. You've got to be willing to do something you've never done before. If you want to be successful, you can't just do the same old, same old. Eventually, you've got to change things up. Okay, you, you can't just do the same, that's the definition of insanity, trying to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting different, different results. It won't work for you. So if you want something, you gotta sometimes you wanna make that change to overcome it. And to make that change, you got to be flexible. We talked about this, um, earlier, with this um, earlier with the top soft skills of 2019, so I don't need to touch on it much, uh, but it is part of EQ, and so I wanted to make sure we addressed it then. And so make sure you ask yourself this question, 
can you flow with life situations, whether they're seen or unforeseen? Because it's sometimes easy to flow and be flexible with the seen things that are coming. And I know this is coming so I can adapt around it, but when it's unseen, when it's like split second, hey, this is what you gotta do in the next hour, we're not so always good with that. And then are you set or rigid in your ways? Are you able to manipulate? Are you able to, to go off the path a little bit? This is my toughest one by far. I've addressed this with you. I want to make sure you understand that I'm not coming up here talking to you as someone who's got this because this is my big, big thing that I got to work on, being flexible. So it's high EQ because you have to make sure it's an employable skill. It is being skill. It is being flexible, being able to adjust and adapt and overcome is huge. Okay, again, we live in a world of constant change. So are you able to be ready for that change? Are you staying ahead of the curve? Staying ahead of the curve means you're ahead of where things are going. You see the trends before everyone else does. If you're flexible, you can, you can progressively be, be able to see what's happening. And then you don't have to flex as much when it happens because you've already prepared yourself. So ears open, eyes open, listen, you never eyes open. Listen, you never know what you might hear or see. You never know. I mean, you look at the people who invested in Google back when it started, they are multimillionaires now. And everyone's saying, I thought about it, I should have invested in Google, or I should have invested in Apple, uh, but they didn't. So if you keep your eyes and ears open, you can stay ahead of the curve a little bit. And you can be ahead of the game, so that way flexibility, if it is an issue for you, uh, doesn't become a big issue when you're presented with a challenge or situation. Because you're like, okay, I prepared for it ahead of time. This isn't like new to me, okay? So um, it, that'll help you out. Also think of reframing your perspective, and this isn't easy, reframing or reframing your perspective. We can change a little bit, like I'll change a little bit in this race, but I can't reframe everything. That's tough. To be open to improvement, to say I'm willing to change whatever I gotta do. Henry Ford did a little bit of this. I mean, he changed his perspective on work hours, how he, how he did things. He changed it because he knew he had to in order to be productive. So make sure you're able to reframe your perspective a little bit and how you do things. And, how, and are you flexible to do it? Because that'll help you. Emotion intelligence is flexibility because that stays true to yourself. The resiliency to recover, okay? Because if you're flexible, now you can bounce back a little bit easier. If you're rigid, I can break it. Yeah, you know, I can. I can take you know take a, a, a stick. You break it. If it's flexible, when I put some pressure on it, it'll bend, but it won't break. Um, so if you're flexible and, and with your emotional intelligence, you're not going to break and mentally, physically, or emotionally. Okay, so be careful of that. But Oceans of Twelve, good movies, good, good three, that's a good trilogy there. Oceans Twelve is a scene in it about being flexible, and so sometimes it means being flexible in our mind. But what about being flexible with our, our body, though? A little bit? I knew it. I knew it. Pretty flexible there, and he, I don't want to spoil the ending for you. If you haven't seen those, pretty, I think a pretty good movie. It's pretty clever. I oh, like the, absolutely love those reviews. Yeah, I like the creativity behind it, teamwork there. Um, I'm not trying to promote you being a criminal mastermind, but <laughs> I, I think those movies are kind of they're interesting. Um, whether he could execute this in real life, like imagine being this flexible to all the laser pointers in your life, uh, I don't know about I that. I thought it was a stunt that worked on. I don't know. Well, I have. I have Movie magic, those obviously weren't there. The well, yeah, but there. like, just yeah, just those films, those are pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, you gotta know what you're doing with your body. But that means he was able to twist his body, manipulate it, because he had to be flexible to the situation that called for it. Otherwise, the alarms are going off. Last one, last one I wanna mention uh, with EQ here is our listen. We have to be able to listen. A wise old owl lived in an oak. 
The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we be like the wise old bird? As we get older, we tend to want to do more talking and more saying this is how we feel. These are all, all our great opinions. Not, I'm not demeaning that, but we lose our ability to listen and be able to listen and, and learn from that. So listening is an EQ factor because those with high EQ know how to listen and know how to listen correctly. Okay, so do you, are you able, are you able to listen, but are you able to refrain from then speaking back with anger, resentment, ignorance, uh, with an attitude? Because we listen, well, sometimes we'll say, okay, I'll listen to what this person has to say, but then I'm gonna give them what I really feel, okay? But can we listen with and refrain of speaking back like that? Okay, so understand the person, situation that you're in. A lot of times we don't understand the situation that really we're in, so we don't listen correctly. We don't listen with the intention to, to respond back. We just listen to stand there. And then we're like, oh wait, they need a response? They're waiting for me to answer back? So what's important is this, the words, the details. The words and the details someone says, that's important. What's also important is the how and why. What are they talking about? Is there some background behind it? And then third, the most important, is the emotion behind the message because there is an emotion behind every message and sometimes we forget about that if we don't listen correctly we'll miss the emotion behind it as well we'll miss the emotion of someone maybe going through a tough time they're sad they're they need some encouragement and if we didn't listen right we won't be able to give that to them uh, so that's the most important thing of listening to is understanding the emotion okay listening is, is important because it's something you because it's something you can do and you will do for the rest of your life and you can learn something from everybody Everybody you come across, you can learn something from if you open yourself up to it. You can easily close yourself off and be ignorant and forget to learn. Okay, you really can. You gotta be able to listen with no agenda, meaning I'm not with no agenda, meaning I'm not listening to respond right away. I'm not listening to, to get an upper hand on anybody. I'm just listening to listen. I'm listening because I want to hear what this other person has to say. Okay? So if you're gonna up your EQ, I'll tell you these three things right here. Buy into continued growth. Buy into continued growth. You want to continually grow yourself, you'll listen more. You'll listen to what other people have to say. You'll listen when a podcast comes out or a video on YouTube that plays. You'll listen. That grows you because, again, you never know what you might learn or pick up on. you got to empathize. Empathizing is the thing we are losing in our society. So we got to remember to empathize. That means you're putting yourself in that person's situation. And third, take notes. You have your phone. Pull out your phone. If someone says something you like or you want to remember, Jot it down on your phone. Write it down on a post-it note. Have a notebook with you. It's super important that you do that because if you want to hopefully remember it, uh, you're leaving it up to chance. I encourage you to take notes. Too many people don't take notes now in what they do. All right. Last thing I want to want to do a little experiment after we watch this is to see can you listen effectively. So get your listening ears ready. There's all this pressure, you know. And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like feel it in my head and it's relentless. And I don't know if it's, scares me most is that I don't know if it's ever. Yeah. You do have a nail in your head. It's not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop it, trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to, just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is just listen. See, I don't, 
think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail. See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just sometimes it's like there's this achy. I don't know what it is, and I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweater, I mean all of them. That sounds really hard. Thank you. Ow! Come on! If you would just don't try to see things. We want to focus on that. Is that being the cause? And we don't just listen. Again, sometimes we, we don't we don't just listen. We we want to respond. We want to point something out. Josh, what is what do you get when you uh, what is R O A S T spell? R O A S T. What is C-O-A-S-D spell? What do you put in a toaster? Toast. Bread in a toast. It's like the, uh, listen, listen, listen. It's like yeah. the fork and spoon trick. Mm-hmm. Probably put bread in toast, not toaster. What about, uh, what about this one? If you take two apples from three apples, how many do you have? Three apples. Three? Yeah. Say it again. If you take two apples with three apples, how many do you have? One apple. You have two apples. If you take two apples from three apples, you have two. Okay. Our brain puts together that thought of three minus two equals one. So we automatically come to that conclusion without thinking it through with listening. If you take two, two apples from three apples, how many do you have? You have two. Yeah, you've always heard this one too, I'm sure, before. Uh, Lucas, say the word spot five times in a row. Spot, 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 spot. What do you do at Green Light? Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go to Green Light. You don't stop. But why did your brain automatically do that? Because you were so caught up in you saying the word spot that, you, that we struggle. Our brains sometimes struggle with that. Uh, and so that factors into our listening and our decision making that we get so caught up in what people are saying and the situation or what we're trying to spell out that we forget, okay, this is what really was the point. This was the detail of what I was hearing in the conversation or this is what this person was trying to say. And we miss out on that. Now, it's, these are situations that are kind of funny but put us in real, real situations that might mean you advancing your success or you losing it. You getting that opportunity or you not having the chance. And if you forget because you didn't listen or you didn't know because you didn't listen, now there's no one there to help you. So pay attention to your listening a little bit.